At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hardworking ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free stews. The only pet food with Red Barn Bully Sticks. Blog Talk Radio.
dated January 15, 2014, and you are listening to Boy Crazy Radio. I am your host. My name is Alexi Wasser. So just to quickly explain what the fuck this is that you just tuned into that's the, you know, deep in the vortex that is the interweb, let me explain. Thank you for asking, first off, and then I'm going to explain. Boy Crazy Radio, in a nutshell, is a call-in advice show. All right? It's kind of like Loveline, but way more cool and kind of street and kind of like that movie, uh, Pump Up the Volume. And if you haven't seen it, that's my recommendation for uh, movies of the week that you should be watching. Anyway, let's get back on track. We're already off track. Holy fucking shit. Boy Crazy Radio is for anyone and everyone out there. Yes, even you. No, not you. Yes, you. Oh, my goodness. Okay, you guys, just so you know that Boy Crazy Radio should be considered your new home away from home. If any of the following uh, descriptive terms sound familiar, then rest assured, Boy Crazy Radio is the place for you. You guys, are any of you out there sad, lonely, gay, straight, bisexual, newly single, a cutter, a shit talker, a total fucking high school nerd who grips the straps of your backpack that's covered in whiteout and passes for bad bands way too tight? Are you sitting in the middle of your shitty little bedroom just binge eating and picking at your face? Are you looking for love, answers, guidance, direction, or just hoping to feel a little bit less alone? Are you experiencing a shame spiral because of what you did at that party last weekend? Me too! Let's talk about it! Are all of your friends total assholes who talk shit behind your back and then smile to your face? Fuck, I hate that! Is the guy or girl you like not responding to your text messages, your Facebook posts, your retweets, or all of your Instagram likes? Is your dad cheating on your mom? With you? Holy fucking shit! Give me a pep talk in the form of a slap in the face, in the form of a podcast masquerading as a legit radio show? Then this is your goddamn lucky day, because that is exactly what Boy Crazy Radio is. Pick up your fucking smartphone and dial 646-378-0649. That's the telephone number to get through. Uh, if you're too much of a pussy to call in, you can always tweet me your question at I'm Boy Crazy. And uh, let's get to the point. Tonight, I have a very special guest. Uh, super smart, handsome, good-looking, uh, nice full head of hair. His name is uh, God. I can't even remember. You know what? The show's gone to shit already. Let me just let me introduce my guest. He is a uh, talented writer director, um, and his name is Todd. Let me say. Let me see if I say this right. Todd Strauss-Schulson? That was right. I did it right, my God. Welcome to the show, Todd. Are you already regretting this? No. I think that you're hilarious, and I'm in the car driving. You're you're driving during the show? Yeah, yeah. I'm in my car, and I'm driving. Is that bad? Where I feel like it might be bad. Well, where are you driving from? Uh, I was just in a meditation class. I do meditation class twice a week. I like a lot. And now I'm uh, on the radio show. But but five minutes ago, I was meditating. Oh, my gosh. Now you're all loosey-goosey, and you're exactly where you need to be to save teenagers and 20-somethings' lives. I'm feeling really present. I'm also feeling like I want to eat ice cream. Okay. We're going to put a pin in that. We'll revisit that in a second. Uh, should I stop and get ice cream? You can totally stop and get ice cream mid-show. Okay, here's the thing. Let me just explain. <laughs> what, what would you say your biggest accomplishment is? Because I know Todd. I'm friends with Todd. I've known him for years, and we're going to talk about how I met Todd. But recently, I was lucky enough to 
dare I say, be one of the stars. I wasn't the star because Thomas Middleditch, who has also been a guest on Boy Crazy Radio, um, was the star of the short film that Todd wrote and directed. Um, and that's called All's Fair. And it's actually on my website right now, I'mBoyCrazy.com. Um, so I was lucky enough to, yeah, okay, be one of the stars of that short film. But what would you say your greatest accomplishment as a filmmaker has been thus far, like commercially and then emotionally? Uh, I mean, I made a feature film when I was 29 years old. That was a pretty big personal, you know, personal achievement. What film is that? I'm, I directed a movie called The Very Harold and Kumar Christmas when I was 29 years old, and all I ever wanted to do in my whole life was make a movie before I was 30. And so when that happened, I was, uh, I mean, that was pretty, that was a pretty big one for me, yeah. Well, uh, okay, we don't talk, we don't mention, we don't mention ages over, over here at Boy Crazy Radio. We like to keep this an ageless community, but that's cool. You're a man, so you can talk about your age because it's a double standard. But anyway, what? you did that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Why are you asking me questions and then attacking me? I just meditated. You're so right. I'm totally just getting you all riled up after meditation. Wait, what meditation place did you go to? Can't you do it anywhere? I go to uh, I go to a place called Against the Stream. It's like uh, it's like a bunch of people in there. It's pretty sweet. It's on Melrose. It's on Melrose? Uh, it's like down past Paramount, yeah. Okay, that's uh, showbiz jargon. Paramount is a uh, famous studio where movies are made. And TV <laughs> Chatting. Can we talk about how you and I actually first met? Uh, on a terrible date, yeah. Definitely don't tell that story. Can I please tell this story? Uh, can you please not make me seem like a shithead as you tell the story? I'm not going to make you seem like a shithead, but here's the story. Okay, here's, here's I've heard problem, you brother. tell this story before. You have heard you tell the story before, and I always seem like a shithead. You have to... You have to start the story by saying that I was in an emotional tailspin because there was a death in the family. Okay, I didn't know this, but apparently Todd's father had passed away um, recently, I mean, before our date. And this date was, like, years ago. This was probably, like, when, like, three or four years ago? Yeah, it was, like, three or four years ago. Okay, so I didn't know this. So I don't I don't really want that to be part of the story that can, because I didn't know this, so I just want to tell it from my point of view. But, yes, that's where you're coming from. You're emotional. You just came off doing Harold and Kumar. Your, your father passed away. It's, it's a lot of shit is going on for you. But I didn't know any of this. And, by the way, I'm sorry about your dad. That's horrible. Way to, way to bring down the show, Todd. We're trying to uh, – that's okay. We can handle anything. totally, like, you know, was 
on his Blackberry the entire time during my shitty date with him at this horrible restaurant called Taroni, which I can't stand. And if you love it, that's another reason why we shouldn't be together. But whatever. We're just friends. We're totally good. Come out on the other side. Okay, here's the deal. So this, 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 this lovely, successful producer dude who is not right for me because I'm only supposed to be dating uh, drummers or directors or whatever, um, we had a shitty date, no chemistry, uh, and so then he decides to just fucking fling me off into the ether and be like, hey, man, she's up for grabs. Want to go out with this girl that I that I didn't connect with? And I, so uh, anyway, and I was single and, I, you know, boy crazy. So I, you know, and I don't know anything about Todd. Really, I don't. Like, I really had no idea what was going on here. Like, I don't think I Googled you. I didn't even look you up on the Internet. Like, that's how, that's what a wonderful person I am. I didn't even look you up. Um, I was just excited for the thrill of the blind date. So we we meet up. I already forgot the story. Does it get good? <laughs> no, it gets really bad. Please don't tell it. Okay, I have to tell it. Here's the thing. Uh, we never we we should have spoken before during the show tonight so you could tell me what we're not supposed to talk about. Oh, Jesus Christ. You can talk about anything okay. you want. Okay. So we're on the date. Um, he meets me at my house. Don't tell anybody where I live or the area that we live in, okay? We're gonna keep that you know, out of this equation. But um, I'm, so I'm, Todd, I'm very close to your house, by the way. I'm driving, and I'm really close to you. Okay. This, anyway, so, okay, we're, we're – I'm <laughs> supposed crazy right that... here studio, which is in my living room. All right, so so Todd comes and picks me up at my house because, like, an idiot, I decided to give a stranger my address, but whatever. Everybody out there, young girls, learn from my mistakes. It's the blind leading the blind over here. I'm just giving out my address to dudes I've never met before to come to roll up at my house uh, – so, you know, he plans out a lovely date. We walk to this restaurant. We're having a chat. He's very smart. You wouldn't know it because I've not yet let him speak at all during this show so far tonight. But um, so we go to the date. We go to the restaurant. And I ask you, I start talking about my website, about my blog, and you act like you've never heard of it, right? I don't know if that, you, that's your story. I don't know. if I think I was shy or something. I just wanted to be. Cool. I don't know. I think I was just being shy. You know, first dates are nerve-wracking for boys also. But didn't I talk about my website and you were asking about it, like, and you seemed like you didn't know anything about it and you're kind of inquiring about it. And then we had, like, two drinks. And then, and then you, I mean, I'm sorry. But then, and then you said that you had submitted a guest post that I had put on my website. Yeah, I said that we had a mutual friend who uh, I knew about the site, and I had written something for the site one time, yeah. But I don't think that I was presenting myself as someone that had never heard of the site. I think I was being inquisitive about you, and I wanted to know more about the site. I think, I think, I think, I don't think that I was, I don't think that I was lying to your face on purpose with some malicious intent or something, you know? I don't think it's a story that you like, Ellen. I don't think you're malicious at all. I just think it is a funnier story to pretend like you acted like you never heard about my site, and then afterwards you're like, actually, uh, if you go back, if you, uh, you know, if you go to page four, that's my reader submission on there that I, whatever. Okay, so I thought that was funny. And then, but I'm just making the, the story more intense just for the sake of storytelling. But then something weird happened, and this is my fault. I was feeling super unattractive. I just felt like I wasn't attractive. I wasn't your type. I think I'm a bit taller than you. I felt very hipster, uh, you know, 
like I belong with a musician and you're your director. I don't know something I don't know. I just wasn't feeling attractive in your eyes. That was more about me, but you know, whatever. Maybe I still feel that way. But anyway. And so I made some <laughs> I made some disparaging remark about my size being big or something. Like I said something about my size. I don't know why the fuck I did this. Girls, again, learn from my mistakes. Don't fucking put yourself down while you're on a first date with some dude. Because there's a chance that the dude might agree with you. And that's exactly what happened. Todd, like, you took my joke about my thighs and you went with it. And then I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this guy just, you know, confirmed that I have big thighs. That's what happened, right? Yeah, that happened. I was caught pretty off guard by the whole situation. And I was drunk and I was nervous. And I didn't know what I was doing. And yeah. his dad is just friend, but I didn't know this. He had just finished Harold and Kumar, and his father passed away, and I didn't know any of this, too. So that's in, to his, you know, so, his credit. So my, so my experience of that day was that I was just trying to keep up and impress you and appear attractive, you know, and seem smart and be funny. And I, I just wanted you to think that I was cool because I thought you were really, really cool. And You did? And you yeah, we both had two wildly different experiences of that. That you thought I was looking at you, bored, unattracted to you. I was like so in love with you, and I was just hoping you liked me back. And then, and then, and then you didn't when I agreed about your legs. Yeah, I made a joke. I was like, "Yeah, I saw big size," and you're like, "Yeah." Are you agreed with me saying the thing about my size? And I fucking that's yeah. Funny. I just said yeah. yeah. Listen, people I listening, believe. I mean, I like, I, like, I didn't mean to do it. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what I, the fuck. It's not like I was sitting there and I was like, man, Alexi's thighs are disgusting. I can't wait. I hope that she brings that up. I wasn't thinking that even ever. You were sitting down when you said it. I didn't get a good look at your thighs even. Well, then. But you, the just, you just sort of said something, and you were looking for confirmation, and I said yes, and then I realized what I said, and then I felt terrible. Aren't you glad you're not my and boyfriend it, now, knowing that case I am? Because I do have a boyfriend, and I feel bad for him. You should tell the end of the story where you still kiss me. Oh, my God. Okay, the, the, no, the final nail in the coffin, we were walking back from the dinner, walking back to my house, and the movie Blue Valentine had just come out or something. And it's a very intense movie with Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. And in the movie, uh, spoiler alert, Michelle Williams has to get an abortion. And she gets really mad at her boyfriend because she resents him because she has to get an abortion or something about getting pregnant. She gets pissed off about something. And, you know, because she's a woman. Women have to deal with all the fucking issues. You, you have sex and you're the one who has to deal with all the fucking repercussions, you know. Whatever. So, so we're talking about Blue Valentine <laughs> And you said something like, God, what 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 she get so mad about? What's her problem? Like, it was just an, I don't know what you said. You said something where you didn't take the side of Michelle Williams, and then I just thought it was, like, an affront to, like, all women ever. And I went, wow, I can't believe this guy. But um, I think I was just telling myself my own story. I didn't know you, so I just made you out to be this, like, villain. But you weren't a villain. I just felt ugly and fat. I don't know. I, I feel really bad now. I feel, I feel no, bad every feel time bad. we talk. Why we have to we have to relive the worst experience ever. We have to relive my most embarrassing experience. I was just not in a very good place, and I feel like every time we talk, you have to make me re-feel guilty about, you know, behaving improperly on a date. I also am afraid that everyone... Also, my sister is listening to this right now and just texted me, 
to say that I'm shouting. Am I shouting? No, you're, maybe I'm shouting. Ask your sister if I'm shouting. It's because I'm in the car and I'm shouting, I think. I have to get out of the car and talk I, on the phone like a person. I think what you're doing is, I think you're getting gasoline during this radio show. Is that, is that what's happening? What I want to do is go get ice cream is what I want to do. I have, I'm off on a paleo diet right now because I'm trying to work on my self-discipline as I become a, you know, a more disciplined and healthy person. And so, but I'm starving at night. I get so hungry, and all I want to do is eat like a pint of Haagen-Dazs. Um, I say just do it. You're a man. It's a double standard. Do what you feel. Wait, by the way, on a side, note, a side note, are you are you single? Uh, I'm dating. You're dating. Okay, so we'll get into that in a second also. To end the date, to end this long, drawn-out date story, my first date with Todd, that's the name for our movie, that my fe- our feature that we're working on later, uh, my first date with Todd. Um, so we get to back to my house, and you tell the end of the story. What happens? So we're going. I'm, I, the, we're walk, we walk back, and I'm sort of marinating in my like, you know, awkwardness about. Ew. How, Ew. What is that? Marinating. I'm marinating in my awkwardness. What? What? Is, what? What the fuck kind of host are you? You're making me feel terrible. I well, can't list out from anyway. <laughs> I'm marinating. I'm marinating from the awkwardness, and I'm wondering if you like me, and I'm getting a very clear sense that you don't. And so we get back to your house, and I don't think that girls understand how, how like, terrifying it is to try to kiss them, you know? So I thought I would just throw a Hail Mary, and most of the walk home I'm like, how do I do it? Should I do it? What do I say? Should I just lean in and do it? Or should I ask to do it? Or will she be weirded out if I do do it? And so I walk you back to your house, and then I'm like, I think, you know, I kind of want to kiss you. Would that be cool? Or something like that. And then you said, uh, yeah, that would be cool. And so then we kissed. And then I thought that you liked me, but you didn't. Wait, why? What did I do that made you think I didn't like you after that? You didn't go on a second date with me. Oh. Well, let's just put this on pause for a second because really, we're really talking to death. Let's get let's get on the phone. Let's take our first call of the night. That was our first date. Don't you guys worry about it. Here we are again, years later, friends. Now we have a chance. Okay, area code 312, you're on with me and Todd, the best, coolest director in the whole wide world. What's going on? Oh, yeah. You know, this first time I'm listening to it, I host a, a, a couple shows on Blog Talk Radio, so I wanted to give you a shout-out, see how you were doing, check everything out. Well, do you have do you have a love uh, query? Do you have any kind of sexual issues? No, I kind of figured any? it all out. I, I could make a statement on my uh, all my experiences, if, if that's all right. Okay. Todd, is that all right with you? Yeah, it sounds really good to me, man. I'm just gonna get too hot on those. All right. So anyway, uh, you know, I'm 36 years of age now, and uh, you know, I did a lot of dating. A lot of I was engaged a couple different times. <laughs> poorly uh, made choices, and I kind of figured something out. I always hear women talking a lot of stuff about the majority of men, and I hear men talking a lot of bad about the majority of women, and it's just an unnecessary cycle that continues on, and everyone wonders why they can't find a good man or a good woman, as you always hear from one of your friends or wherever you're at or maybe on the news, TV, radio, whatever. And I think it's rather simple. It's just all about respect. When you can respect a person and respect yourself, first and foremost, you don't really bump into these uh, 
douchebags, whether they're of the male gender or female gender. And unfortunately, I came across a, a woman that, that's good nature, independent, strong, level-headed. We clicked. Uh, we have the same think pattern. And I, I don't have any of those issues that I've had for years on there. And we're actually married and been married for about a year and a half now. So if that makes any sense. Right, right. You know, it's cool. So what's the one kernel that we should take away, the kernel of knowledge you should take away from, from your lucky situation? Say that again. I'm sorry. What's the one kernel of, of like, advice, of knowledge that we we can take away for, for hope for our own love life? Stop, stop judging everyone and, and, and don't judge uh, your future, I guess, dates or possibilities of future mates <coughs> based on your previous experience. Let it go and treat the next person differently instead of treating them like, the, the effects that you got from being verbal abuse, mental abuse, whatever, physical abuse, and, and stop yeah. being so insecure about yourself and just move forward. You know what? I'm going to jump in really quick. Hey, Todd, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Okay. Yeah, it sounded quick, like he was choking. <laughs> well, so he's fine. Um, well, this makes me, okay, because I'm in a relationship right now, and I notice that, like, most of the time when I'm picking him apart or when I'm, like, you know, miserable or wanting to start trouble, it's only because I've got nothing going on in my life or it's like or I'm, not, or I'm not paying attention to all the shit that I need to be taking care of in my life. You know, you know what I mean? So oftentimes mm-hmm. it's just like I want to, you know, I want to just project every every issue, everything I hate about myself onto the dude. It's like I can avoid my own problems. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense. But I, I'm just, and the minute I get involved in my own life and I'm doing all the shit I need to do that makes, that makes me feel like a fully realized person getting on my shit set, then suddenly I've got no problems with my partner because I'm not just trying to start random trouble so I feel like uh, my life is full. You know what I mean? Mm, right. It, it makes me complain less. Anyway, I'm going to get to another phone call. Thank you for calling. Oh, God, we got Skype calls coming in, which terrifies me because I feel like sometimes people, uh, people like to inundate Boy Crazy Radio with prank phone calls sometimes, which I hate. Oh man, that's gonna be the best. Is that true? What What'd you say? That's gonna be the best if prank calls start happening. No, well, first I want. You, okay, so we did this short film. All is fair. You wrote it. You directed it. You had Thomas Middleditch uh, in it. You had me in it. You had what? Cleo King, right? And then Justin mm-hmm. Wilman. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and the short film is getting such a great response, and it's about this guy, Thomas Middleditch, who's also the star of the upcoming show on HBO, uh, created by Mike Judge, who's amazing, who did Deepest and Butthead, and uh, what, are the, what are the great movies did he do? Who cares? Anyway. King of the Hill. So, King of the Hill, Deepest and Butthead, uh, Office, wait, what is it called? Office Space? Office, office Space, yeah, Office Space. Are you, are you jerking off right now? What are you doing? I'm I'm just I'm now I'm out of the car and I'm just sort of like strolling around the neighborhood. Is that bad? No, why? Why do men love to pace when they're on the phone? I don't know. I love pacing on the phone. I pace around my apartment on the phone. Yeah, all men, every man I've ever dated or or met or know or you know currently know, they all pace when they're on the phone. It's so bizarre. It's just like something. If I get if I get too breathy, will you tell me so I can just maybe sort of stop pacing? I want you to be breathy. Get breath here. It's yeah. so sexy. All right. Um, I, I hear that. I'll, start, I'll pick up the pace. Okay. So, so you wrote this. You wrote this. Uh, you wrote all fair, 
and it was inspired by a breakup. So tell me what tell first of all, tell me what inspired it, and then tell me what the movie's about. Um, <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what the movie's about first. What the movie's about is a guy who has um, this horrendous breakup with a woman. He gets sort of annihilated emotionally, and then and then the woman moves on very very fast with a friend of his. And he's just having these nightmare, these nightmare flash forwards of how happy she must be, these fantasies. And he can't handle it. He just cannot handle those images. He can't sleep, all this stuff. And so he starts seeing a prostitute who is Cleo King, who's like this sort of like older, you know, heavy set African-American woman who's real sassy. And he starts seeing this prostitute, but not for sex. He has no interest in sex. He starts seeing her just to replicate the domestic minutia of the relationship. So he's like, how much would it cost you to come over to my house and lay under the covers of me and tell me that it's too hot and so I'll make it cold and you say it's still too hot? How much would that cost? And that becomes kind of the joke of the short of, you know, you know, how much would it cost to do all these things that he misses from his relationship? And I made this thing. I wrote it and I made it with Alexi and everybody in the middle of, like, a life devastation, just the worst breakup ever. And this woman did move on three weeks later with a guy that I knew pretty well. And I just was in this sort of terrible spiral. And I made I wrote and made this thing right in the middle of all that as a kind of weird catharsis and also as like a tombstone and a love letter, kind of a, a love letter to her. I mean, all the stuff that the guy in the short asks for is a lot of the same stuff that she and I did. All of it is completely a transcript of our relationship. And... And that's what the short's about. And then what's really, really cool about it is that uh, we put it up, we put it up online last week, and like 60,000 people have seen it so far, which is a pretty good number, pretty awesome. But I'm getting these sort of effusive tweets and emails and you know comments on the video where people are saying that it so um, reminds them of their relationship or of their own experience that have never made anything that has gotten a reaction like that before. I think that it's interesting that what comes from the heart, you know, kind of goes to the heart and that the more specific the stuff about my relationship was sort of the more universal it was. And so it's been a nice response and it's really funny. So you guys should see it. You should totally see it. It's on my website right now. I already said that I'm boycrazy.com. It's called all fair. It's super awesome. How many hits did you say I got? Like 60,000 so far. Six. Oh, that's incredible. And you're getting flattering comments on Twitter from people that uh, that actually matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's been a pretty positive, been pretty good. It's been really good, but I feel like I've never, I've never made anything that was so, um, I don't know, like human before. You know, so something that was wearing its heart on its sleeve. That was a really scary thing to do to put myself out there like that. I never did it before, and I'm getting a lot of positive. A lot of positive feedback, so I think I'll probably do it again. You should totally do it again. I think it's the best feeling in the whole world. I feel like, you know, when I first started my website, not to bring it right back to me, but I'll throw it right back to you after I'm done. Um, <laughs> but when I first started doing my website, all I would do is I would write these really personal stories. I've stopped doing that, or I put that on hold for a second because I just needed to take a moment and a break from doing that because I felt like I was just revealing too much, and I didn't want every every guy I dated to think that you know, nothing was sacred and that all of the, you know, the stuff we talk about or experience together would just end up, like, on a fucking website called I'mBoyCrazy.com. So I just stopped. 
and, and I was getting like attacked for it, but but the majority of the time when I did put these really personal things out there, like excruciatingly personal, and and I, you know, and I'd be scared to press to press publish, and I always knew like when I was really terrified of, of publishing the story I was going to write that it was like my best stuff, that, like all, all the best responses, you know, and best opportunities came from putting really revealing crazy personal stuff out there because it is the most universal and like yeah so you should definitely you should definitely do you, oh you, what's your next movie you're going to do is that a crazy revealing movie or no um no I, well maybe i don't know if it's for sure yet i probably shouldn't say but i think it'll okay. be a real movie like a feature film that's kind of like pleasantville but with a slasher movie so kids get sucked okay. into so- a horror movie from the 80s that's kind of the idea but I think about the short, like, in your blog post, I feel like it's you could sort of translate it into your own life and relationships, too. Like, it's so scary to be vulnerable with sort of your feelings and your inner, your inner, your inner world. You know, but when you kind of are vulnerable, people usually meet that with more vulnerability. Then you have intimacy. And I feel like the totally. response to the short has been pretty intimate with strangers, you know, that they feel an intimacy with me because I'm really like, you know, I'm just a I'm just a wound. I'm like an open gaping wound in that short and in that script and everything and and people that are also wounds or have been wounds or know the feeling of being a wound, you know, kind of gravitate towards that and they open up and so I feel like it's a good lesson to learn with like relationships too. What did your ex-girlfriend that you that you based the short film on, what is how did she respond? Well, she she cried a lot. It kind of actually was really effective. We are talking again. And it's sort of, um, the problem was, was that, you know, we broke, she didn't like dump me. It wasn't like she dumped me. We kind of like had a mutual breakup. And then she moved on really fast. And that's what kind of did me in. And so, I don't know, her seeing it. And then, and then, and then when she was with the guy, I was trying to get her back. I just kept on trying to get her back and get her back and get her back. And she did not give a fuck about that. She was too busy moving on. And so I couldn't, I just was trying to remind her about everything that was so good about us. And kind of the short is a little bit of that. The short's kind of a way that I could remind her about about us in a way that would hopefully make her cry by the end. And then it did exactly so, that. It, re, it reminded her about us and it made her cry. So your goal is to make your ex-girlfriend cry? Mission accomplished? This is great. But not like cry like fuck you, cry like I remember I why I love you. I think I want you back. Um, we're gonna take another call. We're putting putting that on pause okay. too. We're putting all these on pause, leaving me think all over the place. Uh, area code four zero seven. You're on with me and Todd Strauss Schulten. What's that? Hey, um, I'm Dustin. I'm from Florida. How old are you? Hey. Hi. Oh, I'm I'm nineteen. I'm in college, so. Um, I'm a music composition. What was that? I just said what oh, was okay. going on. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm a music composition major, and it's like it's really intense because I'm studying with like, these really great professors, and um, a lot of the work that I do, it really pays off and stuff. But there's not like a lot of, and it sort of sucks because it's like I don't know. There are opportunities, like very easy opportunities to you know go out and hang out with people and especially with certain girls that I've dated, you know, but then they don't really go anywhere. And it's kind of like, should I just keep working hard on my music or should I stop doing so much music and try to, you know, 
hang out with more girls. Because <laughs> it seems, okay, see, my, the main thing for me is it's like, um, yeah, my set of friends, because I, I, I'm in marching bands as well, which will last semester, but that's ended, so I'm no longer technically in marching band, but I still hang out with those people. But it just seems like, I don't know, every time I get involved with a girl, it just is a waste of time, you know? And then also with music, it's kind of a waste of time, too, in the long run, because... What? Like, the worst thing... Well, because, like, the worst thing you can do in life is set yourself goals, really, you know? Oh, my God. Because this is slowly morphing into a horrible, uh, really... No, no, it's not, it's not depressing. Call? It's not, no, 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 this is not a depressing thing. This is really uplifting, actually. Because, like... Hold on one second. Let me just... Let me, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I just feel like this is turning into an existential, uh, an existential prank phone call where it's really going to take us on a journey. But first, before you keep going, because I think I get, like, the gist of it, I'm going to throw it to Todd just to, like... You know, what do you think? What do I think about that? About what he's going through. He's like, you know, he's studying music composition. That's his major. And then, you know, he dates girls. He thinks it's a waste of time. What should he do? Like, he has this group of friends. But what what do you think he should do? How does he balance all this stuff? I don't know. I guess I'm trying to relate to it. And I was a pretty, I was pretty ambitious when I was in college. And all I wanted to do was make movies. And that's all I spent my time doing. And watching movies and making movies and editing movies is all I was doing. But I also was dating girls. I mean, I I probably was working on the movies and stuff more than the girls, you know, and I kind of used the movies as a way to attract the girls. I mean, I'm sure the girls are into you because of the music and stuff. Um, What's so hard about balancing it? I mean, you just feel like guilty about hanging out with girls because you should be working on the music? Well, it's, it's that, and it's also like, I don't know if I if I get with the girl I'll probably feel guilty afterwards because it you know if I don't if it doesn't actually go anywhere or if I don't really care about her or something you know and it's kind of like so I was kind of talk about her, the guilt you know? because I, I think talk about your guilt because that seems like where most of your problems are stemming from you're guilty because you feel like you should be more focused on work or you're guilty because you quite feel the way you're supposed to feel about someone well yeah that as well as like the work you know. Because every time, I don't know, I, I'm I'm kind of one of those people that, like, I don't, I, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it 100%. I'm not going to do it, like, you know, kind of. So if I'm going to date a girl, I'm going to date a girl. And it's going to take time, and I'm going to put effort into it, you know. And mm-hmm. every time that's happened, it seemed like it ended up being a waste of time. Like, I, did, I dated this one girl for an entire year, and I didn't compose any music during that time. And then I ended up, like, we broke up. Because I think, yeah, she went to Massachusetts, and then, um, you know, then I was like, okay, well, now what, you know? Okay, so, Dustin, hold on. Dustin, Dustin, right now, stop saying that, okay, all of this is, you know, it's a waste of time. It's not a waste of time. If it goes nowhere with these girls, and all you do is have, like, you know, hopefully protected sex with one another, and maybe you get better at sex, you get a wonderful blowjob from some, you know, caring, giving girl or something, or you yeah. have a moment where you're not alone, and you guys cuddle, and you watch a movie, if you just have a yeah. moment with some girl that's lovely and you treat her well, then you don't have to feel guilty. As long as you're kind to these girls and you have a nice experience with them, nothing. You're so young. It's not gonna. You're not, you don't have to get married to any of these girls. You owe. You owe no one nothing. Like and and like what you're doing is you're learning. This is wonderful. This is the college of life. You're learning how to balance two things because I'm older than you and I'm still trying to figure out like, you know, I compartmentalize everything. You know, I, I don't know how to. Fuck, I'm in a long-distance relationship. I don't know how to date someone and be in my town and write and, and do all the things that I, I you know, I have those, all, 
complete all the goals I set for myself. Right now, this is a perfect opportunity as a 19-year-old uh, man to just find the balance. It's so important because this will serve you for the rest of your entire life. Like, just and and you know what? Not every girl is right for you. So you don't oh you don't meet one girl and and you guys make out and then maybe have sex and then go well. I'm supposed to marry her. Like, I'm supposed to be her boyfriend. No, you're just trying people on for size. It's totally normal. And just maybe utilize uh, your time better. You know, like, wake up earlier. Make some structure. Say, I'm going to work on this for three hours, and I'm going to hang out with my friends for an hour. I'm going to go on a date with this girl. We're going to hang out for two hours. And just, like, build structure into your life. And if you can start mastering that now and finding out how to balance life, then you'll be able to, to use that for the rest of your life. And that's great. That's well, yeah, more important yeah, than college, I think. And that's sort of like the other half of it is it's kind of like the accomplishments I've, I've had, they sort of, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I, don't think, I don't think accomplishments, how do I put this? Like success doesn't really make you happy. You have to be happy to be successful. And oh, my God. I feel like, oh, no. I can't. I can't do that. This is intense. This is like you're, you're overthinking like crazy. Like what, I, okay, what are you going to say? What was, what's, your, well, what's your thought? Well, it's just sort of. I don't know. When you have goals that you set for yourself, if you accomplish it, you're kind of like, oh, I accomplished my goal. Now what? You know, like, what's what's the next thing I got to do? Okay, well, now I got into this school, so I got to get into that school, which is a better school. Or I um, got an A on this assignment, so I have to get an A on the next one. Whereas if you if you don't accomplish your goal, then you feel like a failure. So either way, you're not really... Well, I think that, that yeah, you have to reframe that. That's your problem. I feel like there's actually a, a good point to, like, being so goal oriented, your your goals will not make you happy. There's nothing about you'll just want to set another goal. That's all it is. You know, this girl was a failure. That girl might not be a failure. I feel like you need to reframe the part of you that when you're not looking for goals, you also feel like a failure because then you're just boxing yourself into a corner of misery, which is not fair to yourself. It's not very nice to do to yourself. I feel like the trick is to learn how to just sort of enjoy what you're doing as you're doing it. That's not easy. That's a really hard thing to do. But when you're with a woman, just enjoy being with a woman. And you don't have to be so obsessive about it that you're going to spend a year not making music to just be with a woman. That's that's very obsessive. And and vice versa, when you're making the music, enjoy the experience of making the music without having to be so obsessive about the music that you have no time for any other human being in your life. Because ultimately, that's going to be detrimental to your ability to make interesting music, you know? So I feel like the trick is to sort of enjoy what you're doing while you're doing it and not put your, you know, your point of view so far into the future because that's a recipe for depression. That's never going to work for you, you know? Yeah. So that's what you got to do. Maybe you should start meditating. I feel like everybody tells everybody to meditate all the time. I know I need to meditate. It's difficult for me to do, but, you know, maybe you should try that. Or see a therapist. Or, and yeah, not be so hard on yourself. Be a bit kinder to well, yourself. And also, what's that? I'm going to take another phone call, though, because we've been, we've been on this phone call for okay. about an eon, and that's, that's all yeah. good, and I feel that's like we talked about real important things. But well, here's something I noticed. With my writing, I get that way, too, where I go, i got to finish this thing. Like, I put this goal on myself, and nobody else gave me this goal. Nobody else will think I'm a failure if I don't do it because the only person who knows about the goal and the dream is me. Like, I, I have to finish this thing. Oh, fuck, I didn't do the thing. Oh, like, and I get so hard on myself, and it's this ridiculous thing because I just created this, like, own personal health for myself. And so I, I Yeah, it's just, a, it's just a, yeah. 
It's just a story that you're telling yourself. If I do this, I'll be happy. But then you're never happy. If you're like, I'm going to finish these pages today, and they'll be done by the time I go to sleep, and you'll kill yourself all day. And by the end of the day, exactly how happy are you that you finished them all? You know, it's almost like an obsessive-compulsive thing, that you need to have that feeling of closure in order to rest. But but, but it's made up. But then you also, though, you have to get comfortable with the fact where you know, like, okay, I feel like the the the, the goal in life, the point of life, is to be as happy and as, uh, as as many moments as possible in your lifetime. Which is not going to, you know, you're going to have horrible moments, and and you need those those polarizing moments to know what it is to feel nice because you have to you have to feel horrible or shitty. It's, I'm, I'm all over the place right now. I just had a ton of caffeine while we're listening <laughs> to that guy. But uh, but the thing is, so if nice. I if I'm a, if I'm a little bit easier on myself, if I'm a little bit like when I when I just go, you know what? I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna go hang out with my friends because sometimes, just like you said earlier, you need to uh, marinate. You need to marinate for a second, or let all these ideas. You need to go out and collect stories and be with other human beings and let kind of the pieces come together in your brain subconsciously. So when you get back to the work, you go, oh, now I'm ready to get to this thing. And then hopefully, if you're lucky enough to be doing work that you enjoy doing and you're not just working at Starbucks. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You'd be a great barista. That's awesome. But, you know, I'm saying, like, if you if this kid's working on music and that's this thing, like, it's possible that could be really fun, but you just have to lighten, get a little bit lighter. Just be a little bit less A little bit lighter. It takes a long time to figure that out. I feel like I used to always have a carrot on a stick dangling in front of me. I'd always dangle a carrot on a stick as a way to motivate me myself. Too. So if I was writing something, I would say... I'm going to get 30 pages done by 9 o'clock. Like, that would be the little carrot on the stick, a little challenge, a little goal I set for myself. So if I achieved that, I would know that I was good. But that is completely man- – that's a, that's a manipulation. You're manipulating yourself. That is manifested. That's nothing. You just wrote oh a God. story in your head, and now you've got to follow the rules of your own story. But there's nothing about that that's real. You could do 20 pages tonight and 10 pages tomorrow morning, and if you could learn how to – Accept that about yourself. The work will probably be the same, maybe even better. But there's no reason to punish yourself if you don't achieve an imaginary goal, you know? It takes a long time to oh figure God. that out, though. And I feel like I feel like people do that with food, too. Don't women do that with food or men, too, I guess? Don't you think? Like, I think so. I mean, okay. then you have to balance it with some self-discipline because you can't only be following your impulses. But it sounds like what that kid was talking about was that all of his impulses were so obsessional. You know, his impulse to be with a woman was to go all or nothing. It's going to be successful or a failure. And that's so black and white and obsessional that that feels like that's what his impulse is. He has to learn how to control that impulse to be so, you know, so strident. Oh, my God. I think I'm But that's part of being 19 years old. I think I'm so affected by that call because uh, he mirrored me. And maybe even you. That was intense. I'm feeling a lot of yeah, feelings. Yeah, that was intense. Um, I liked it. That felt really good. It felt rich. It felt good. <laughs> okay, very good. We're taking a Skype phone call. Who's this? One 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 one. What's your name? How old are you? Where are you calling from? If you're calling from some rogue unknown number and you think it might be you who got through, just say hello. Hello. Oh yes, it's you. Okay, what's your name? How old are you? Where are you calling from? Hello? Yes, you. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Hi. Sorry. Oh, my God. 
It's okay. Um, What's your name? How old are you? Where are you calling from? Say, say hello to Todd. Okay. Sorry. Um, right. My name is Lily. I'm 19. I actually go to Emerson College. I'm calling from the Little Building right now. I don't know if I went to Emerson. You. I used to eat lunch in the Little Building all the time. I What's know. Up, yeah. <laughs> Hi. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a sophomore there. I study documentary production, so that's that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> um, I guess I'm calling today because I like as of a sister, we just came back from winter break, and um, I kind of realized everyone around me has like completely like gone into this realm. They like lost their virginity. They're having casual sex like 24/7, and like I am pretty much the only person I know like that hasn't gone past second base which is pretty sad and um I don't know lately it's been like freaking me out and I just feel like everyone is like just I don't know I just feel like I'm never gonna lose it or anything and like all I do is pretty much like watch movies like way too many movies here and like I'm just getting worried <laughs> and I don't really know like how to go about trying to find someone oh my god we should set you up with Dustin he's 19 he's a music company <laughs> <laughs> He'll abandon his dreams of making music just to pay attention to you. I, I know, you sound beautiful, but you're only 19, so Todd, she's 19, okay? <laughs> Todd? Yeah, I'm not 19. Oh, I think that you should feel this one because I don't know how to tell a 19 year old girl how to lose her virginity. <laughs> I don't know. If, I know, it's probably a really not cool a good way to, to ask about. a question. Sorry. That <laughs> I think that's Alexi. We'll have. Oh, yeah. How, how appropriate of Todd. That's beautiful. He's the man with integrity. He really is a lovely guy, everybody. Uh, I'm not sure if you're single, Todd. I don't know what your deal is, but I'm just saying, if if Todd happens to be single and you guys are listening and you are uh, age appropriate, and by that I mean like, you know, 21 and over or whatever, um, you, should, you should tweet at him. Um, Judging by <laughs> him, he is a wonderful person. So, Wait, how do you know he's a wonderful person, Lily? Well, I don't know. I like I watched his films on video, and I really I loved them. So, oh, <laughs> thank 19. you so much. You're welcome, you guys. This is disgusting. You're 19. I can't do this right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get back to uh, your private. Okay, so Lily, you're okay. 19 years old. You listen to Boy yeah. Crazy Radio, and you know potentially reads my website. So you must be beautiful. Um, I <laughs> I imagine. I bet you're one of these. Do you think you're pretty? Oh, I don't know. I never think about how, it really. How tall are you? Um, I'm. I think I'm five seven. Five seven. Do you have bangs? No. I have Do you have head. bangs? Just <laughs> bangs. No. Jesus Christ, Alexi. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, listen. It doesn't matter what you look like or whatever they say. Um. Okay. Um. You're a girl. You have all the power. I've said this a million times to girls, but, like, I'm sure there are about eight dudes lurking around your dorm or whatever, wherever you, you reside, like, dying to put this inside of your private. And, uh, like, do you have – okay, let's get let's cut out the riffraff. Uh, do you have a crush on anybody? Um, yes. As a matter of fact, there's a huge crush on someone, but they are currently in a relationship, so I'm just forcing myself to ignore them, get over it, and, like, find someone else. Well, that'll end soon, I'm sure, because how old is the guy you have a crush on? Um, he's a senior. And he okay. actually hooks up with my sister, who goes here as well, so oh, it'd be no. very weird. <laughs> and Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, so is there a, <laughs> a runner-up? What? Is there a runner-up? Uh, not really. 
Okay, the connection is a little bit weird, but here, so we're, so we're starting from scratch. you got the guy you have a crush on that hooked up with your sister that's currently in a relationship. He's off limits. We're on the phone with Todd. He's lovely. Hands off that guy. He's too old for you right now. Maybe you, maybe plus, plus uh-huh. maybe you can intern for him or, like, see some, you know, uh, whatever. You can operate something at some point later. Future, that's none of my business. Okay, you go to Emerson. So, next time you see a guy that you think is interesting, I mean, here's the deal. You have all the power. Just realize Every guy probably wants to fuck you. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be so crass. Let me, let me no, be crass for a second. I'm sure every guy wants to love you, be your boyfriend, and even if, you know, that, that's actually a lie. I'm sure they've got their own things to worry about. But who knows? Like, okay. Next time you see an attractive guy that you want to start a conversation with, make up any excuse to start a conversation going. You know, like, to get something going. You can drop a pencil. You can just say, oh, my God, where'd you get those shoes? Or, or it's like, like I don't, it's not like it's a, the problem. Like I can talk to guys. Like that's that's fine. But it's just like I feel like once like I've talked to them, I like stop liking them. It's kind of like a problem with me. Like I don't like anyone enough to want to sleep with them, and I'm just like way too judgmental. And like I know that oh, sounds good. like me. Like I don't know. I just I like I feel like I'm never gonna like find anyone that I like enough, and like, I'm just gonna settle, and then I'm just gonna like regret it, and like. You're definitely too young to be having those kinds of thoughts. (laughs) I feel like you're 19 years old. But I will say this, because I just did my meditation class, is that the judgmental mind, the judging mind, that's what prevents you from being close to people. And I feel like one of the challenges for you is to sort of be able to realize when you're being so judgmental and then try to just work through that. Because yeah. that's pre- that is literally preventing you from doing a thing that you started the call okay, saying no. you wanted to do. You know, I'm probably like mirroring myself. Like I feel like I'm like just like finding things Stop. that like annoy me and just like saying like and like things yeah, but, that reminds me of myself. And like, but you're, yeah. but you're probably using those things as a way to not do something that ultimately you're afraid of doing, and it's perfectly yeah. normal to be afraid of doing. That's a scary thing to do, but it's like you're using your judgment you know, and whatever else you're using as a way to not do this one scary thing, and then it's giving that scary thing so much more power. But -hmm. think about Alexi's story that you told about our date that was so humiliating for me to listen to all over again. Thanks, Alexi. (laughs) But, like, she and I were sitting there, and she was so nervous that I thought she was ugly and not cool, but I was sitting there thinking that she was so pretty and so cool and that she thought that I was ugly and not cool. (laughs) And you just and what the, and the work that we both should have done on that date should have been like realizing that our judgment about ourselves and the person that we were with was completely toxifying the possibility of having an actual connection that night. Yeah. And so I feel like your focus should be on when you start getting judgy, when you start getting anxious, just like realize that's happening and say to yourself, oh, there I go again. You know, there I go again, doing that stupid thing that I do that makes all this so much harder than it should be. Yeah. And then I bet if you start getting good at that, it'll get easier. Look at you giving out, like, the good advice. (laughs) Thank you. That was really helpful. That's beautiful advice. And I also want to say that, like, you know, okay, that is lovely advice that Todd just gave us. Totally right on. And also, now, let's add another thing to it. 
when you when you're meeting guys or when you're just you know in class you're meeting people or wherever you're you're meeting people, don't put all this pressure on on a guy who who crosses uh, your path that he has to be the guy who's going to take your virginity or your next boyfriend or some guy you might make out with or blah blah blah. Just think of it. Yeah. A lot, listen, just think of it a lot lighter. Like, oh, I'm just making a new friend, and then suddenly that'll make you a little bit less judgmental. Because I feel like when we're looking at a person as a possible partner, and you know, we start thinking things like, I know I do this, where you go, well, they're a representation of me. Could I walk down the street with this person? Well, what other people think? Blah blah blah. All this fucking judgmental mind chatter. Mm, blah blah so blah. So true. You know, and just think, just and this could actually make the next, you know tomorrow and, and on is so much nicer just think I'm going to go make a lot more friends whether it's with girls or guys you're just going to be you know a lot more calm and just think yeah I'm just going to be nicer and make make new friends and and then wait and there is no rush again let's like it jumps forward to like you you know going up to some guy and asking about his shoes wait if there's no problem you don't you don't have to just because everybody else is losing their virginity you don't have to fucking lose your virginity too like you <laughs> might not you're going to lose your virginity when you're when you're meant to lose your virginity and hopefully yeah. you'll, be, you'll be lucky enough to lose your virginity to somebody you're in love with who's your best friend like that's how I I lost my virginity when I was like well I was 15 but he was my best friend he's 33 years old I, you lost your virginity when you're yeah no no anyway no I was, no. I was saying you I was saying you <laughs> I know. and I think the other thing the other homework assignment for you to do and this is really, really hard to sort of realize what you're doing as you're doing it. You know, you get so caught up in your brain. Yeah. But just sort of see if the next time you start getting judgmental, you can catch it as it's happening. It's going yeah. to take a while. It might take a couple of months for you to be able to do that. But that's like a good homework assignment. Just yeah, try to catch it. definitely what I should work on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're so young. So don't worry. So just do your homework. Keep your eyes open for people who look like they could be awesome and treat you really well and kind and don't settle and masturbate and take warm baths. Uh, hopefully there's a bathtub on the campus of Emerson. And uh, and I think, I think and, you're, and we're always here. Todd and I are always here for you. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Thank you guys so much. You just saved my and night. Also, um, I'm going to take another call. Wait. Oh, God. The hour is all, nearly up. Are you okay? Can, that was so fun. Oh, that was so fun. I love this advice show. Well, we have we have a few more calls. Do you want to take one more call? Yeah, let's take five more calls. I feel like I'm getting. I just started getting good at this. I think. You're amazing. You're like. And so I'll tell. And I'll tell. I'll tell you something yeah, else. Something. I don't even want the ice cream anymore. I don't even want the ice cream anymore. I feel like I'm being filled up by by, gen, by by genuine care about other people. You genuinely care about other people and no longer about ice cream. <laughs> That's ice filling cream me. That's nourishing me now. I don't need this coffee chip. Area code five zero nine. You're on with me, Alexis Celine Walter, and Todd Strauss Schulten on Boy Crazy Radio. What's your name? How old are you? Where are you calling from? Hi. Hi. Hello? Oh, okay. Um, my name's Andrea. I'm 21, and I'm calling from Washington. Ooh, Washington State. Yeah. How exciting! That's where my uh, long-distance romance lives in Washington. He lives in Fort Collins. <laughs> you were just here too, huh? Well, a while I was ago. just there, yes. Yes, I was. How fun. Um, okay, so I have a question. <laughs> um, so a little bit ago, I started talking to uh, this guy who I ended up having a really big crush on. And he has this view on, like, girls, like, how do I explain it? Um, like, he would always tell me, like, he would go out, because I live in a party college town kind of thing. And so... 
girls here are really crazy and like having sex and being wild is like the norm I guess and he would always talk about how it was really off-putting to him to like uh, see girls be like that or to talk to girls and they were always like that and then um, so I decided that like I'd probably tone it down because I wanted him to like me I guess Um, but then he left so he's like out of the country now and everybody else is just looking for that. So now I'm kind of confused on whether, like, I should go out and be crazy and have this college experience or if I should just, like, calm down. Oh, God, you do whatever you want to do and not be worrying about what other people are thinking about you. And you just go, what do I want to do right now? Do I want to go do this? No. Do I want to, like, do I want to go out with my friends tonight? Yes. Do I want to go out with my friends tomorrow? No, I'm exhausted. I want to stay home and do my homework and take a bath. Like, you just need to listen to yourself and, and – Stop trying to make everybody happy, you know, with those voices in your head of, like, what other people may or may not be thinking or wanting from you. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, like, I can see how it looks bad, you know, because, I mean, I go out and I see these girls and I'm thinking, like, kind of the same thing, like, geez, I hope I don't look like that when I'm out, you know? Well, I mean, so, well, I'm going to throw this to Todd. Todd, what are your thoughts? Well, what you just said is that you go out and you see these girls acting that way and it doesn't look attractive to you, so it sounds like that you don't want to go out and do that. Is that right? Well, yeah, but, I mean, like, when you're doing it, it's, like, fun, you know? You should go oh, yeah. out and have this hold college on, experience and stuff. Yeah, yeah but, like, on, when you're doing on. heroin, it's fun, but you kind of know that you that it's not a very attractive or healthy thing to do. Right. I mean, I think oh, maybe everything in moderation. I feel like... I don't know. I just feel like when I when I was young, when I was your age, I would do this also. I would ask older people, like how I should act in a in a situation this way or that way, or how should I feel when this happens this way or that way, because I was mm-hmm. just trying to create a personality, like, and I was yeah. trying to you know cultivate a personality by like asking people that already had one what they would do in a situation, so I could sort of find the edges, you mm-hmm. know, the, the edges of my who my who I was. And it's just like a matter of time, but, like, you really should not be looking outside of yourself for those answers. You know, you kind mm-hmm. of have to sort of sit in your room and look in the mirror, and, and it's hard. you got to be brave. You know, you got to sort of be brave enough to sort of listen to yourself because sometimes right. maybe you'll think a thing that's unpopular or people won't like you or you'll get judged for not wanting to go out if everyone else is going out. So you got to be brave to do it, but I feel like you should learn how to start, at least start the process of, you know, looking in the mirror instead of looking outside. I have a question. Okay, mm-hmm. I have a question, though, because I really want to know, like, we're being very vague. Like, what's happening? Is this like a weird Jersey Shore situation where, like, you're going out and you're, like, binge drinking, vomiting, wearing a tube top, and your pussy's hanging out? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound so crass, but you can handle no, it. No, no, like, no. Like, how old are you? You're 21. Um, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what exactly is going on here so I can so, navigate? <laughs> so, like, my town and my school, is, it's a party town, right? So whenever I go back home or, like, I talk to other friends that aren't from here, they're always like, oh, are you getting drunk? Are you sleeping around? Are you doing all this? And I'm like, well, no, not really. And they're, they're like, oh, that's so late. I'm like, what are you doing then at school, you know? And then, like, I personally, oh, how do I explain this? I'm kind of lost for words. Um, I don't know. 
Wait, so your hometown is a party town, but your college is not a party town. I'm confused. No, my college is a party town. It's a college town. So your hometown is a college party town, and you are always in this town, right? Yeah. Um, here's the deal. I, I mean, I guess I'm going to defer to, to Todd. Like, I mean, I don't know. The weird thing like, is, did you have? Like, oh my like, God! You what have did I just... do? <laughs> what are you asking me? Sorry, I'm going to cut you off. What'd you say? Oh, did you have like this crazy college whatever? Like this is the time where you went crazy. Of course I did. It still happens occasionally. I never. I didn't even go to college. That's how crazy I was. And I don't regret. I'm not advocating. Don't go to college. I, I didn't go to college because I, I I want. I knew what I wanted to do right away. I wanted to be making money. I I you know and I, I moved to New York the day after I graduated high school. I never even applied to colleges because my parents weren't paying attention. And I'm not saying that's the way to go in in life, but that's you know what I did. And yeah, there are fucking horrible moments where where I would drink too much, I was trying to be so thin so I wouldn't eat enough, and then you'd go out and you want to keep up with everybody and you're drinking a ton of shit, and then I realized, oh, my God, like I had that one or ten drinks too many and on an empty stomach and I'm this tiny girl and I'm vomiting in public. You know what I mean? Like I got myself mm-hmm. in this fucking horrible situation. It's a miracle I wasn't raped and murdered, you know, and not even in that order. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy I'm still alive. So like... Um, the weird thing is, though, it's hard. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, listen, you're already looking at yourself. You're already, like, taking a moment. Something this guy said stuck with you. Now, there's one thing. Yeah. Like, you don't want you don't want some guy. You don't want to be afraid of what some guy thinks about you. You don't want some weird kind of, like, guy being like, well, I don't like this. You're not going to do it. Because that sounds fucked up and bizarre, you know. Right. You know. But. This guy said something. It resonated with you, and it's you're having this reaction because, and this is similar to what Todd said, because, you know, it struck a chord with you because you, you're thinking, oh my God, I, I, you know, I don't want it. I don't want to look like that. I know I have looked like that. I know I could look like that. It feels good. It's a slippery slope. I could go out with my friends and have a bunch of drinks and do drugs or whatever, and that feels awesome. But it, when I'm sober, it looks really embarrassing and gross. So now you know that, and you just have to think about it, and you have to try to like. I mean, I don't know what to say because you have to have your experiences because by the time you're 30, you'll look back on all this stuff and you'll go, oh, nobody could have told me. I had to go through it. I had to be in that bizarre situation. But right now you're having yeah. a moment of clarity. Right now you're having this moment of clarity and be really thankful for that because if, if in a perfect world you don't do the ecstasy, you don't get in some car with some random dude when you're all fucked up, like you don't, do weird shots. You don't let random dudes buy you your drinks. You don't go out with your fucking pussy hanging out. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. I don't mean to be so crass, but I did it again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, things no, yeah, I get it. And and I say this. This is what my therapist tells me, because it's scarier for girls. And and like, you want to you want guys to think you're attractive. You want to have fun. You're nervous. You're self conscious. You're you want to fit in. So you drink these things that they make you more brave and stuff. And you think, oh, everybody else is doing it. And this makes me feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I've got all this bravado and I'm, I can be brave. But, like, treat yourself like you're your own daughter. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can do that. But, like, you know, imagine if your little girl, like, you've got a five-year-old little version of you, and she's like, oh, my God, Mommy, um, you know, I'm I'm going out to this bar and I'm wearing nearly, you know, I'm wearing this tiny short little dress and and uh, I'm going to have eight drinks and just go hang out and see what happens. Like, wouldn't you be terrified? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm not. Remember, oh, no, I just said, so just think about that and just, like, you know, just 
I don't know, Todd, what, what else? Am I making any points in any sense? I like the idea of acting like you're your own daughter. It just sounds to me like you're having a sort of a moment of clarity, and it really sort of struck me when you realized that those girls look sort of retarded when you're mm-hmm. sober and you're there. And so now you're – but you know how fun it is to be not, you know, sober and there. But I think you got to live you got to live in that version of you that is sober, and not the version of you that's, you know, drunken out of your mind. Because you're going to be sober yeah. most of your life. So yeah. I think you're making your decisions from that place. You're hmm. so right. God, you're blowing me away, Todd. This is crazy. I can't believe this. You're uh-huh. going to be the best. You're going to be a wonderful father. No, I'm in therapy. <laughs> you're in th- Oh, my God. Okay, okay, well, I hope that helps. And also, oh, yeah, I, um, oh, God. I... It's such a weird thing because on New Year's Eve, I had the worst New Year's Eve ever. It was almost good for two seconds, but then, like, I got too drunk, and it was horrible. And then the next day, I was like, well, I've got to go to AA, or, or I can never drink again. And, like, and, I did, and then I was like, wait a minute, like, this doesn't really ever happen to me, like, this crazy, like, the horrible night I had on New Year's Eve. You know, and I took a car service. I never drink and drive. Like, I'm always responsible like that. And all girls and boys listening or whatever should always, you know, cover their ass and never you know, drive when you're going to be drinking. I mean, you know that, but whatever. I might as well reiterate. But then I thought, oh, my God, what do I do? So I guess, like, I'm just going to have to, like, you know, find the happy medium, like, just, like, not, you know, I don't know, because I don't want to be so extreme where I never drink again. You know what I mean? You're talking to me? After Yeah, I'm talking to you. She's gone. That's what I'm saying. Like, I had a horrible night, and I just get, like, that girl's going to the and she's like, oh. So it's like I, I'm like, oh my god! Like, if the adult me is like, okay, well, you just have to be responsible and don't be so extreme. Kind of like that guy who's the music major. Like, the extremes don't help. Like drinking well, like too that, much. That, and- that, but you're having one of those moments that you just sort of people used to talk about when we were kids, where they're like, when you know, you know, you just grow out of those things. And like, it's like you're having one of those, and you're sort of surprised by it that like suddenly your body can't do what it used to be able to do, and suddenly getting that obliterated doesn't feel as good as it used to feel. And it's like, suddenly you're like, maybe I won't do this anymore or as frequently, you know? I feel oh like that's God. happening like that's... for me in my life for sure. Me but too. I'm in my early 30s. Well, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but we don't talk about age on the Boy Crazy Radio. <laughs> I'm like, you really hate talking about age. about age. Jesus. What are you teaching people um, to be ashamed of, of their wisdom, their years? I just don't want them to, uh, I just know that we live in an ageist community, and so I don't really love to talk about age all the time, but I don't know. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Well, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, with the extremes of, like, you know, when I drank on New Year's Eve and I had a shitty New Year's Eve, I was like, cut out drinking altogether, or do I find the happy medium and, like, take a break for a little bit and then just, like, be more precious? It's funny to me that you're telling a story of, like, drinking to an extreme degree, and then your response to that was to go to AA, which is a very extreme response. Like you're in a very extreme moment of your life, you know, being That's pulled in multiple directions, but being so orthodox about it. But you know the answer to this. You can't live in the extremes. That's just not sustainable. That's what I was You'll just, just burn saying. yourself That's out. Yeah. I'm, God, I'm with you. I agree that. with you. No, I just said that. I, oh, said I thought you were posing a question. No, no. That's what I, I was just saying. Like immediately after I woke up the next day going, oh, my God, I acted like a horrible bitch to my boyfriend I like drank to my I didn't throw up but I was just like you know definitely not at my best and that's like 
was so embarrassing. And I immediately I was like, well, I can never drink again. But then I realized the adult me realized, well, that's a bunch of pressure, and that's like that makes it just like that music composer and these other people saying like, I'm never going to find a boyfriend, or I can just never have a girlfriend because I get no music stuff done. You know what I mean? Like, and then I mm-hmm. realized like, no, you just have to be really present, and then I don't know, I don't know, have moderation. I'm really, I'm really moder- sympathetic. I'm, like, really sympathetic to those callers. Like, I know that you do this show every week, but I never have experiences where I talk to people that are 19 and they kind of bear their souls like this. But I just remember when I was 19, like, you just have literally no experience of, like, being out there on your own. So you have no way to know that things aren't really that extreme on a long enough timeline. There's just – you have no fucking information. So it's really interesting to hear these people talk about, like, I'll never – that I'll never find someone and I'll be alone forever – which are conversations that I hear my friends who are closer to my age talking about. But I remember when you're 19 years old, you don't know that you'll date a lot of people and have a lot of loves, and you just don't have any experience with that. So it's so easy for you to feel like your choices are so narrow. So I kind of like doing this. Isn't this great? It's a wonderful feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. Um, we're, we're, we're going over, but there's another phone call. Let's do it. I'm down. We're doing it. Uh, area code 408. Hello. Hello. What's your name? How old are you? Where are you calling from? My name is Steph. I'm in Los Angeles right now. And I'm 25. Hello. Hi. Let's see. I met you at Target a few months ago. <laughs> cool. Cool story. That's awesome, Lexi. Do you remember that? And you were like, you better call soon. And I was like, maybe I will. Oh, my God, wait. Was this in the uh, condom aisle? Yep. <laughs> I remember. It absolutely I remember was. I remember, I remember because I go to Target all the time, and I saw a girl that kind of, like, looked like she may be the kind of girl who would read my website, and she was kind of, we were making eyes at each other, and I thought, oh, my God. And then she came back right when I'm looking at the condoms and, like, tampons and maxi pads and dick rings. I don't know. I don't know what I was looking at. I yeah, was looking yeah. At you, you, told, you said I was your demographic. And I was like, yeah, I'm just <laughs> going to come and say hi to you because I know who you are. And it's funny that it's Friday night and here you are. And I just want to say hi. Oh, like, what, here we all are. Because, are you single? Yes. So I called because I found myself in a very interesting position. I just started um, – casually hanging out slash seeing a coworker of mine. Uh-oh. And um, it's, it's becoming problem. I don't know. He's really great, like literally like the cutest guy at my, at my office. I don't work directly with him. He's in a completely different uh, department. And I just had this like burst of confidence at our holiday party and proceeded to go up to him and tell him he was the cutest guy in the office. And he just, you know, we just went off from there. And we've hung out three or four times since, very, very casual, like, while I'm at work, I, like, go out of my way to go see him, go talk to him in person, and, you know, it's like, we always play it by ear, we go see movies, I've hung out, slept over, like, was with him on his birthday, like, everything's been really great, but the thing is, it's, I'm trying to play it so cool, because he's older, and... I just have no idea what his intentions are, but we've had really amazing time together, and, you know, I've slept over at his house and spent, you know, almost two days straight with him, and it's all really great, but, like, outside of hanging out, like, we don't communicate via text or anything. It's always, like, we just make a next plan to hang out, and then we spend that time outside of work, which is awesome, because, obviously, I don't want it to, like, 
transfer to work. I'm trying to be as honest with honest as possible with myself and just like if I feel like I want to like I don't want to gush, but I just this crush is just getting so hard and it's becoming super distracting at work and I just don't want to like fuck this up. It's my first real job. This is like an awesome job that I really love and it's like so distracting to like constantly be thinking about him, you know, when he's literally on the other side of the office as me and it's just like such a I don't know, vague thing we have going on and I just don't know how to control my feelings and to to kind of not I don't know I don't know how to proceed with this Todd? Oh man this is a complicated one I can't quite tell how you feel about this guy I I really I I can't tell if you feel like you know it's a mistake because you're talking about your job and it's a good job and it's so distracting and I can't tell if part of you like you're better half knows it's a bad idea and it's a mistake and it's probably not really going anywhere and why risk it or if you like feel about him in a way that you haven't felt before and this could go the distance and you're just so afraid of you're so afraid of that that you're trying to control your feelings or or if he's just (laughs) rendering you so insecure because he's not being forthcoming with what he wants from you which I feel like no most guys are not like that. So it's hard for me to kind of know where you're at. But the one thing I'll say, which might be um, controversial with Alexei, I don't know, but if this guy is sort of like closer in age to you, is he sort of in his mid-20s-ish? He's not. He's not. He's much. He's, I, see, that's the thing. I don't know. We've never spoken about age. I don't think he knows how old. He doesn't know I'm so young. Through some, you know, internet investigation, I've realized that he's closer to 40 years old than 30. Oh, it's going to 40. Uh, well, yeah, that's an interesting about, little wrinkle, doesn't it? I know. I think he's about, like, he's like 36 or so-ish, um, which I don't, I, it doesn't really bother me, but I'm just like, I don't know if he knows that I'm 25. How and, many times um, have you been hanging out? You've hung out with him, like, four or five times or more? Yeah, yeah, four times. We've four or five on, times. Like, so it was, like, a month, kind of? Really, less than a month? Right, like, we, we, I really like him. Like, we immediately, like, I hit on him really hard, which is something I never do. Like, I just moved to L.A. I just started dating, and I just was feeling really confident and intense and just went up to him, and I was like, hey, I think you're really cute. And then he was like, hey, I have a hot tub. You should come over. And I was like, okay. Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> hey, Alexi, Alexi, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I would say keep it going for at least two months and see if a solution reveals itself and try not to put a lot of pressure on him. I feel like yeah. this is from personal yeah. experience. Here's what I'll just say. From personal experience, but this is, I'm not 36 yet, so I don't know. When you, but, like, when I was in my <laughs> 20s, whatever, like, like, whenever a girl would be like, so where is this going? So where is this going? That would, like, take my perspective out of where I was and, like, throw it into the future. And in the future yeah. is terrifying. There's a lot of <laughs> fantasies, a lot of nightmare. As a guy, you're like, I'll be restricted forever. I'll I'll never get another girl. I'll be married, and it'll be and you just sort of like write these fucking nightmares, you know. Once you have to sort of fantasize about this unforeseeable future, and it fucks everything up for me. That's what it used to happen to me. And I have no intention to like ask him what his intentions are. I just like I just found something good, and I want to keep it going. Obviously, because like I enjoy hanging out with him and spending time. So I just like want to like keep the ball rolling, you know, but he's not like, so what's the problem? The problem is that it's going to fuck up the job. Maybe. 
No, no, I'm not even concerned about that. Like, I've been keeping it a secret, but it's, like, it's it's fucking up my psyche, and it's just, like, super distracting to me that it's, like, so vague and casual, and I'm just trying to keep it cool, and I just need to, like, learn to, like, control my feelings yeah, me, and kind of, like, you let know. Let me take this away from Todd for a second. Let me, hold on, hold on. Let yeah, take it away from me. Okay, so, because I feel like I can relate more to what you're going through, and... and, and I'm out of, I'm out of my element, Alexi. I'm saying, I want the ice cream back. You're so not... I want the ice cream again. You're exactly where you need to be. Have a bite of the ice cream, then come back. We're okay. You're going to learn something from this, right? Um, so the thing is, what you're saying, okay, you are totally mad, exciting, excited about this guy, and he's across cool. the office, and, and, like, the problem is you you only make the plan. I mean, this is where the problem would arise for me. This is where it gets confusing. You only make the plan, after, you know, when you're hanging out, and then you don't really hear from him, and then you, Right. That's what happened. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We even like he doesn't... even like I chat at work and stuff, and it's like, hey, well, let's go see a movie, and we're like, yeah, sure. And then we okay. we work hold in on, an hold agency. On, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you, you're, you're, I'm I'm just trying to get a handle on this. So when you go off on those things, yeah. it gets me even more. It's like, you, you you I chat at work. You don't really do anything other than that at work because you're at work. You guys make plans via text, probably. You hang out. Have you guys had sex? Yes. Okay, how was the sex? Wonderful. How many times have you had sex? Um, like four times, four or five times. Does he use a condom? Yes. Are you lying and you've had unprotected pull-out sex and you just don't <laughs> want to say it? <laughs> no. Okay, it's fine if you have. I do it all the time. No. I'm not saying that's the way to live your life. It's the blind leading the blind over here. I'm just saying I've made really stupid mistakes. I've never had an abortion. It's a horrible way to live my life. I don't do that anymore. I'm just making sure you're being honest with me. So I want to be honest with you. Okay. You've had four, you have sex four times. Awesome. And you guys, do you guys go on dates? Do you guys, like, go out to dinner? Yeah. Like, well, so the first since we hooked up immediately, you know, 4 a.m. was the first time I ever had a conversation with him after a work party. And then we slept over and then we're like, oh, let's, let's actually like have conversations. So we had a little wine night and just hung out at his house and he took me to breakfast. We've been, you know, we've gone to see movies together. So various, various things are going on. Here's the, the weird thing. Okay. So the bummer is, Oh, God. I mean, you want to know where it's going because something is lacking. Oh, okay. We're women. We we tend to overthink for sure. We're always thinking, just like I was overthinking when I was on the date with Todd and everything was actually just fine. Um, so I know we're totally capable of overthinking when things are okay, but what worries me is women are very smart. You're very smart, I'm sure. Your, your, your intuition is telling you because you're calling because your intuition is telling you, like, you like him more than he likes you. He's not pursuing you the way you want him to pursue you. You don't feel like he needs to have you, right? Right. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, like, I no, don't no, know. No. I, just, I just don't know how to, like, compartmentalize this and just, like, play it, like, cool. Like, I don't know if I really, I don't know if I need, like, more distractions, more hobbies in my life to, like, not really have this yeah. on, like, the forefront of my but, mind. But, like, I'm just you have so... To do. In- yeah, you have to fake it to make it. You need to fucking... You know, have a lot of stuff going on, hang out with your girlfriends, masturbate, take out Epsom salt baths. This is like, you know, this is my advice for everything. This is your advice for everything. I'm like, Alexia, I have a cancer. And you're like, take an Epsom salt bath. (laughs) You're like, Alexia, I have AIDS. Just listen, masturbate. (laughs) 
Extra bait and take a bath. You'll be fine. <laughs> I said an Epsom yep. salt bath. Um, God, yep. our industry is great. Okay, anyway, here's the thing. Yes, you need to stay very busy. Stop, like, don't initiate any contact. Let him come to you, all right? And then right. when you right. and I told myself, I told myself that at work today. I was like, you know, I'm just gonna wait. Like today, I'm not gonna walk by his office. So I literally have to go out of my way to do it. And it's like so schoolgirl and so like fucking stupid that I like, you know, like have to walk by. He has his office. He has his, his own office. I have like a, a giant desk in a communal space. So he literally like he could come see me, but I, I know he wouldn't. He's a very busy guy. He's in his office, and I go in. He can shut the door, I can sit on the couch, and have a conversation with him. And it's not like. Why are these people talking to us? Because our office is not that big, but it's not very small. Stop it. So they're You're like, spiraling. It's too much. It's too much. You're spiraling. I'm just going to give you some, some advice. If you're, like I mentioned, your big sister. Like, you really like this okay. dude? Let's try to play yeah. as best we can. Already I'm a little bit concerned because it doesn't seem like he's going out of his way because he's – but men are, you know, who knows what they're thinking. They're just – they're way more simple than we are. What you need to do is right. pretend that's you're not, not true. Spiraling. That's not true, and that's not fair to say. Okay. Well, okay, thank you. Thank God Todd is here. Uh, you're never coming back ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, you start spiraling there. That's just bullshit. Defending the men. Okay. Okay, okay listen. So here's the thing. So men are complex, just because we're dealing with a complex man tonight on the show. Todd Strauss, Schulten, uh, filmmaker extraordinaire. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Okay, at, okay. Uh, okay. Okay, okay. So anyway, just don't walk past his office. Don't text him tonight. If you want to text him or leave a message or do whatever, I mean, do people even leave messages anymore? What you want to do is call a girlfriend, text a girlfriend, um, like check your Facebook, check your Instagram, refresh all your social networking things. It's not the best advice, but just don't, don't make contact with him. Let him come to you. And then when you do hang out with him, because you will, because he wants to have sex with you, because that's all we really know right now. It hasn't been that long. He is totally going right. back because he wants to have sex with you. And, he must like you, you know, a, 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 a little bit or something. So when you hang out with him, just be cool and focus on not having all these expectations, not wanting to know the answers because nobody knows what's going to happen. We don't know. We could all just die tomorrow and get hit by a car or whatever. Just have a nice time with the guy and then that yeah. and let it unfold naturally and just breathe and and whatever the sense of being you've had a nice experience so far and just like keep trying to have nice experiences with this guy. And I swear to God, Todd is totally right two months, three months, the whole thing will just unfold the way it needs to unfold and it'll just all work itself out because it'll just, it will, it just, it always, time, time, you know, whatever. It just will. So, yeah, I mean, Mike. Well, thank you. um, You're welcome. I hope I run into a Target again in a cooler aisle. For sure. For sure. Have a good night. Good night. I think we saved a lot of lives. What do you think? Todd? That felt really good to me. I feel like I really hit my stride in the middle, but then I kind of like whiffed the last one because I'm not a woman. No, you're great. I think you did a lot of great stuff tonight. And I guess I, well, actually we had other phone calls, but we were talking so much we didn't get to get, get to a bunch of other phone calls. So that, that makes me feel good. I was worried. Feel good. Well, they can tweet at us because I'll be about my phone for the next hour just like, I don't know, chilling, thinking about how good I did tonight. Just like self-congratulating. Okay, listen. I am gonna wrap up the show, but I want you to tell me. I want you. I want you to tell me. We, I'm gonna call you right after the show's over, and we can just keep on chatting, the two of us. It'll be cool. No, I'm taking an Epsom salt bath. That's what I'm. Yeah, of I really you are. I swear to God, I've already run the bath. I'm supposed to meet a friend, but I'm gonna cancel and just take a bath. I was feeling weird before the radio show. I was like, I'm not in the mood to do this, but I, I made this promise. See, that's another life lesson, everybody. Sometimes you have to go through the motions. 
and then, you know, when you don't want to do something, and then you come out the other side more strong, stronger for having done yeah, it. Fake, anyway. Fake it till you make it's good advice. I like that advice. Fake it till you make it. Um, okay. Is there anything you want to plug or tell me about that I don't know? Well, I think everyone should watch that short on your website. I feel like and, and send it to all their friends or, like, blog it or, like, tweet it. If they like it, only if they like it. But if you haven't seen it, you should check it out because it's really honest and really nice, and Alexi's really wonderful in it. Thank you very much. Um, this has nothing to do with that, but whether you're single, whether you're dating people, whether you're in a relationship currently, none of my business, but <laughs> ideally, ideally, because you may have already found it, you may, whatever, you may not even be looking for it. What is, what are you looking for? What's the ideal relationship to you now? You're a grown man, you're successful, you're smart, you meditate, you make stuff, you feel feelings. What's the ideal relationship? I feel relationship feelings. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in, I used to like be into dating like um, girls, but now I kind of want a woman. I want a woman who's, you know, got success in her own right. I want someone that thinks that I'm just hilarious and wonderful. I really want someone that I can sort of like talk about movies with and who I can share my ideas with and who will be, you know, additive instead of not, you know, not understand what I'm talking about or whatever. I want someone to go on, like, adventures with. It would be cool if I could go on a vacation with a woman and not feel stressed out by it. That would be fucking wonderful. Uh, yeah. Sounds good to me. I love it. Okay. But I want New someone, year. like, strong. I want someone that's going to, like, be a pain in my ass a little bit. And I like that. Oh, really? A little bit. Yeah, I like when someone can be a little bit strong with me. Yeah. I also like someone that's in therapy or has been in therapy or is meditating or has meditated to same fucking language. I'm not into these women that can't express themselves with words. I don't like that. I was just giving you a moment. I was just giving you <laughs> What just happened? Are you there? I was just giving you a moment. Yeah, I just thought you, were, thought you were still reflecting. I think one thing that's funny that I forgot to include like probably like two weeks or I don't know, maybe a month after Todd and I went on our date. It was really cute. We were both driving down Beverly Boulevard in Los Angeles and I look over and Todd's in the ne- in the in the lane next to me and we roll our windows down and you're like Todd's like, I'm going to therapy. It was like Thursday night at like six PM or six thirty PM and he goes, I'm on my way to therapy and I went, Oh my God, I'm on my way to therapy because it turned out Todd and I both we both had therapy appointments every Thursday at 7 p.m. We went. We go to different therapists, you know, not even in the same office. But I just thought that was so cute. And then periodically, what's magical about, magical about our relationship, and maybe that just makes us kooky or or me kooky or something. But like, we had that experience of the date. Didn't didn't go any further than the date. Whatever. But you kept in contact with me, and you would email me your shorts, or we ran into each other, you know, driving. And then you was like. Every once in a while, you would, like, text me about a book, like that book about monogamy, whatever it's called, like Sex mm-hmm. and Dawn, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Todd, mm-hmm. Todd, like me, is a searcher, and he's always thinking, and, he, and he's, you know, curious and inquisitive about life and monogamy and love and what it all means and what it's supposed to be and are we chasing phantoms or what's what's the right choice? I don't know. It's just so we're really similar that way. So it's just I'm so glad that despite having this bizarre awkward date that's totally 50% my or probably 99% my problem, that we still know each other and that years later we're here together and you're giving, like, way better advice than I am on my own fucking advice 
radio show. I love it. I'm so glad you came on the show. I want to make my announcement tonight. I'm going to start my own radio show. It's called I'm Girl Crazy, and it'll be starting next next Wednesday night at 9 o'clock, and follow me on Twitter, and I'll announce it, and um, just call in. I think it'll be fun. I'm hanging up on you. I'm wrapping up the show. Uh, Thanks for joining me, Todd. You're out of here. Uh, Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to Boy Crazy Radio, sponsored by I'mBoyCrazy.com. Tune in next Wednesday and every Wednesday. Uh, same time, same place, 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Boy Crazy. You can follow my guest, uh, Todd Strauss-Schulson, on Twitter at Strauss-Schulson. Um, follow me on Instagram at I'm Boy Crazy also. I mean, just at I'm Boy Crazy. I don't want to confuse you. Fuck, I did it again. Follow me on Instagram at I'm Boy Crazy. You can also subscribe to Boy Crazy Radio on iTunes. Yeah, motherfucking iTunes. I know how exciting. Uh, if you can't call into the live show, you can always tweet me your question. You can always leave me a voicemail in the Boy Crazy Voice mailbox, and that number is area code 888-666-2045. Oh, my God. And uh, here's something that's totally random that I wanted to tell you last week that made me feel good. Um, I'm looking for a song to, to play. Oh, yeah. Anyway, this is what I did last week. Last week, uh, or right after New Year's Eve, I was, uh, you know, in my head. I was, I, 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 I seen these people at this New Year's Eve party that I went to that I can't stand, and I know they can't stand me, and we, we have a mutual disdain for one another. And I remember I was in the bathtub because I'm always in a bathtub. I'm always in an Epsom salt bath. I take like two hour long baths, and maybe twice a day. Um, and I was just thinking, oh God, so and so doesn't like me. Um, I want them to like me, or, God, I wish I knew if they liked me, or I can't stand them either. Oh, and I just throw this horrible energy and attention on caring about whether or not somebody likes me or whether or not I like them and what it all meant, and I wanted to control the situation. And I got just so caught up in my head about who doesn't like me and why. And, and it just made me so upset and, and feel helpless and bad. And my boyfriend was staying with me at the time, and I thought, oh, he won't understand. He won't understand what I'm going through. I don't even want to share with him, like, my insecurities about people not liking me and how much I care and how insecure I can be about, you know, people I don't even like not liking me. Um, but then I decided to be vulnerable with him, and I said to him, I went, you know, what do you do? I just asked for help because I was trapped in my brain. I was just trapped inside my head just feeling so uncomfortable and, you know, just insecure and and. And so I decided to step out of my head, and I thought, well, instead of making my boyfriend the enemy and making him somebody who doesn't understand me and can't help me and wouldn't understand me at all and what I'm going through and my plight, uh, I decided to reach out, and I said, you know, I'm kind of fixated on this. I'm feeling really bummed out that these people don't like me, and I can't let it go. I know it doesn't matter. Logically, I know it doesn't matter, but I can't let it go. It's... And he just told me that, and he and he gave me the one, most wonderful advice. I didn't think he would. I didn't think he was capable of it. I, mean, I don't mean to be rude, but I just didn't think he would care or relate. I don't know. I mean, just, I just felt like who knows what, what advice he would give me. And he ended up giving me the most beautiful, helpful advice that totally squashed my anger, my fear, my insecurities, my my being caught up and, and fixated on this, you know, non-issue that I was experiencing and felt so alone with. So he told me that he felt the same way and that what he does is he practices this thing called compassionate 
detachments where, you know, first of all, not everyone's going to like you because, you know, you sure as hell don't like everybody, which is true. That's totally fine. And also, you never know. You might think somebody doesn't like you, but they could very well like you. See, we have no idea what's going on in someone else's head. Just like when I was on the phone with Todd, and he's telling me about his experience on the date with me. You know, you have no idea. We're just telling ourselves these stories that may or may not be true. But the best part of the advice that my lovely uh, man friend, boyfriend, told me was that he practices this thing called compassionate detachment, where you don't have to be so angry and be so angry at somebody for not liking you. You stay away from them, but you wish them well, and it's like a loving, kind of nice, compassionate detachment. It's kind of self-explanatory. So I just thought, okay, cool. And I kind of like let it go. All of a sudden, all my anger and insecurity and, you know, <gasps> wanting to control everything, wanting everybody to like me, all this stuff, it just kind of went away and just went through me. And it was such a lovely way to be because then I don't have to hold on to anger and jealousy and rage and, and just wanting to be so fucking controlling because it really doesn't matter. Anyway, um, yeah, so lesson of the night, compassionate detachment. And now what I did was, when he left, when I was feeling lonely in my apartment after my boyfriend uh, flew back to his house, just running from me. He had to get away from me. I'm just kidding. Or maybe not. But anyway, I wrote a list of all the people that uh, I have a problem with, that have a problem with me, and I burned it over the sink. I just wrote all these names out, all these people that I that I feel like I have unresolved stuff with, where we just had a miscommunication, we don't like each other, and and... And it doesn't really matter. They're not in my life, or even if they are, like, it's just all these people that I have issues with, who have issues with me, who I think have issues with me. I wrote them all their names on a piece of white paper, and I fucking lit it on fire over the sink. And I also wrote a list with words like fear, rage, anger, insecurity, self-hatred, hatred, ego. I wrote all those things on another piece of paper, and I set that on fire, too over the the kitchen sink because I'm not a fucking lunatic. I just seem like that sometimes, but not all the time. Anyway, that's my uh, that's something I did that made me feel a lot better. Maybe you want to do that too. I don't fucking know. Anyway, thank you so much for joining in I'm Boy Crazy Radio. And you know what? I don't care what everyone else says about you. I love you.
Big news. The new Sprint LTE Plus network is faster than Verizon and AT&T based on analysis of a recent study by Nielsen. And to celebrate, we're inviting you to join Sprint for the biggest offer in U.S. wireless history. Switch to Sprint and save 50% on most Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile rates. Yep, you heard that right. No gimmicks, no tricks. You have Verizon 6 gigs for $60, $30 with Sprint. And if you have 15 gigs for $100 from AT&T, $50 with Sprint. Even if you have T-Mobile's 10 gigs for $80, we'll give it to you for $40. And we won't force you to watch video in low def. Oh, and one more thing. We'll even pay your switching fees up to $650 per line so you can switch to the Sprint LTE Plus network today. Visit a Sprint store at Sprint.com slash save 50%. Offer coverage not available everywhere for discounted phones. Excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming, and premium content. Subject to new line, $36 activation fee. Credit valid port in. Plans may not be exact match. See website for eligible plans. Offer lands 1716 through 1818. Exclusions and restrictions apply. Contract by audio. Reward card requires online registration.